Chapter Twelve, Part One. Prince Henry the Navigator, the hero of Portugal and of modern discovery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Prince Henry the Navigator by Charles Raymond Beasley. Chapter Twelve, Part One, from Bojador to Cape Verde, fourteen forty one to fourteen forty five. But with the year fourteen forty one, discovery begins again in earnest, and the original narratives of Henry's captains, which old Azurara has preserved in his chronicle, become full of life and interest. From this point to the year fourteen forty eight where ends the chronica its tale is exceedingly picturesque as it was written down from the remembrance of eye-witnesses and actors in the discoveries and conquests it records and though the detail may be wearisome to a modern reader as a wordy and emotional and unscientific history yet the story told is delightfully fresh and vivid and it is told with a simple naivete and truth that seems now almost lost in the self-consciousness of modern literature it seems to me says our author as Urara's favorite way of alluding to himself that the recital of this history should give as much pleasure as any other matter by which we satisfy the wish of our prince and the said wish became all the greater as the things for which he had toiled so long were more within his view wherefore i will now try to tell of something new of some progress in his wearisome seed time of preparation now it was so that in this year fourteen forty one as the affairs of the kingdom had now some repose though it was not to be a long one the infant caused them to arm a little ship which he gave to Antum Gonzalves, his chamberlain, a young captain, only charging him to load a cargo of skins and oil. For, because his age was so unformed, and his authority of needs so slight, he laid all the lighter his commands upon him, and looked for all the less in performance. But when Antum Gonzalves had performed the voyage that had been ordered him, he called Afonso Goteres, another stripling of the infant's household and the men of his ship who were in all twenty-one and said to them brothers and friends it seems to me to be shame to turn back to our lord's presence with so little service done just as we have received the less strict orders to do more than this so much more ought we to try it with the greater zeal and how noble an action would it be if we who came here only to take a cargo of such wretched merchandise as these sea-wolves should be the first to bring a native prisoner before the presence of our lord in reason we ought to find some hereabout for it is certain there are people and that they traffic with camels and other beasts who bear their merchandise and the traffic of these men must be chiefly towards the sea and back again and since they have yet no knowledge of us they will be scattered and off their guard so that we can seize them 
with all which our lord the infant will be not a little content as he will thus have knowledge of who and what sort of people are the dwellers in this land then what shall be our reward you know well enough from the great expense and trouble our prince has been at in past years only to this one end the crew shouted a hearty do as you please we will follow and in the night following antum gonzalves set aside nine men who seemed to him most fit and went up from the shore about three miles till they came on a path which they followed thinking that by this they might come up with some man or woman whom they might catch and going on nine miles farther they came upon a track of some forty or fifty men and boys as they thought who had been coming the opposite way of that our men were going now the heat was very great and by reason of that as well as of the trouble they had been at the long tramp they had on foot and the failure of water antum gonzalves saw the weariness of his men that it was very great so let us turn back and follow after these men said he and turning back toward the sea they came upon a man stark naked walking after and driving a camel with two spears in his hand and of our men as they rushed on after him there was not one who kept any remembrance of his great weariness as for the native though he was quite alone and saw so many coming down upon him he stood on his defence as if wishing to show that he could use those weapons of his and making his face by far more fierce than his courage was warrant for afonso goteras struck him with a dart and the moor frightened by his wounds threw down his arms like a conquered thing and so was taken not without great joy of our men and going on a little farther they saw upon a hill the people whose track they followed and they did not want the will to make for these also but the sun was now very low and they very weary and thinking that to risk more might bring them rather damage than profit they determined to go back to their ship but as they were going they came upon a blackamoor woman a slave of the people on the hill and some were minded to let her alone for fear of raising a fresh skirmish which was not convenient in the face of the people on the hill who were still in sight and more than twice their number but the others were not so poor-spirited as to leave the matter thus antum gonzalves crying out vehemently that they should seize her so the woman was taken and those on the hill made a show of coming down to her rescue but seeing our men quite ready to receive them they first retraced their steps and then made off in the opposite direction and so antum gonzalves took the first captives and for that the philosopher saith resumes the next chapter of the chronicle that the beginning is two parts of the whole matter great praise should be given to this noble squire who now received his knighthood as we shall tell for now we have to see how nuno tristem a noble knight valiant and zealous who had been brought up from boyhood at the infant's court came to that place where was antum gonzalves bringing with him an armed caravel with the express order of his lord that he was to go to the port of galley and as far beyond as he could and that he should try and make some prisoners by every means in his power 
and you may imagine what was the joy of the two captains both natives of one and the selfsame realm and brought up in one and the selfsame household thus to meet so far from home and now nuno tristem said that an arab he had brought with him a servant of the infant should speak with gonzalves's prisoners and see if he understood their tongue and that if he understood it it would profit them much thus to know all the state and conditions of the people of that land but the tongue of the arab was very different from that of the captives so that they could not understand each other and when nuno tristem perceived that he could not learn any more of the manner of that land he would fain be gone but envy made him wish to do something before the eyes of his fellows that should be good for all you know he said to antem gonzalves that for fifteen years the infant has been seeking in vain for certain news of this land and its people in what law or lordship they do live now let us take twenty men ten from each of the crews and go up country in search of those that you found not so said the other for those whom we saw will have warned all the others and peradventure when we are looking out to capture them we may in our turn become their prisoners now where we have gained a victory let us not return to suffer loss nuno tristram said this counsel was good but there were two squires whose longing to do well outran all besides gonzalo de sintra was the first of these whose valour we shall know more of in the progress of this history and he counselled that as soon as it was night they should set out in search of the natives and so it was determined and such was their good fortune that they came early in the night to where the people lay scattered in two dwellings now the place between the two was but small and our men divided themselves in three parties and began to shout at the top of their voice portugal st james for portugal the noise of which threw the enemy into such confusion that they began to run without any order as ours fell upon them the men only made some show of defending themselves with assegais especially two who fought with nuno tristem till they received their death three others were killed and ten were taken of men women and children but without question many more would have been killed or taken if all our men had rushed in together at the first and among those who were taken was one of their chiefs named adahu who shewed full well in his face that he was nobler than the rest then when the matter was well over all came to antem gonzalves and begged him to be made a knight while he said it was against reason that for so small a service he should have so great an honour and that his age would not allow it and that he would not take it without doing greater things than these and much more of that sort but at last by the instant demand of all others nuno tristem knighted antem gonzalves and the place was called from that time port of the cavalier when the party got back to the ships nuno tristem's arab was set to work again with no better success for the language of the captives was not moorish but azanegai of sahara the tongue of the great desert zone of west africa between the end of the northern strip of fertile country round fez and morocco and the beginning of the rich tropical region at the senegal where the first real blacks were found 
the portuguese were in despair of finding a prisoner who could tell the lord infant what he wanted to know but now the chief even as he showed that he was more noble than the other captives so now it appeared that he had seen more than they and had been to other lands where he had learnt the moorish tongue so that he understood our arab and answered to whatever was asked of him and so to make trial of the people of the land and to have of them more certain knowledge they put that arab on shore and one of the moorish women their captives with him who were to speak to the natives if they could about the ransom of those they had taken and about exchange of merchandise and at the end of two days there came down to the shore quite one hundred and fifty moors on foot and thirty-five mounted on camels and horses and though they seemed to be a race both barbarous and bestial there was not wanting in them a certain sharpness with which they could cheat their enemies for at first there only appeared three of them on the beach and the rest lay in ambush till our men should land and they could rush out and master them which thing they could easily have done so many were they if our men had been a whit less sharp than themselves but when the moors saw that our boats did not land but turned back again to the ship they discovered their treachery and all came down in a body upon the beach hurling stones and making gestures of defiance showing us the arab we had sent to them as a captive in their hands so our men came back to the ship and made their division of the prisoners according to the lot of each and antum gonsalves turned back because he had now loaded his caravel with the cargo that the infant had ordered him but nuno tristem went on as he for his part had in charge but as his vessel was in need of repair he put to shore and careened and refitted it as well as he could keeping his tides as if he were before the port of lisbon at which boldness of his many wondered greatly and sailing on again he passed the port of galley and came to a cape which he called the white cape blanco where the crew landed to see if they could make any captures but after finding only the tracks of men and some nets they turned back seeing that for that time they could not do any more than they had already done antem gonsalves came home first with his part of the booty and then arrived nuno tristem whose present reception and future reward were answerable to the trouble he had borne like a fertile land that with but little sowing answers the husbandman the chief or cavalier as he is called whom antem gonsalves brought home was able to make the infant understand a great deal of the state of that land where he had been though as for the rest they were pretty well useless except as slaves for their tongue could not be understood by any other moors who had been in that land but the prince was so encouraged by the sight of the first captives that he at once began to think how it would be necessary to send to those parts many a time his ships and crews well armed where they would have to fight with the infidels so he determined to send at once to the holy father and ask of him that he should give him of the treasures of holy church for the salvation of the souls of those who in this conquest should meet their end pope eugenius the fourth then reigning if not governing in the great apostolic see of the west answered this appeal with great joy and with all the rhetoric of the papal register 
as it hath now been notified to us by our beloved son henry duke of Vizieux, master of the order of christ that trusting firmly in the aid of god for the confusion of the moors and enemies of christ in those lands that they have desolated and for the exaltation of the catholic faith and because that the knights and brethren of the said order of christ against the said moors and other enemies of the faith have waged war with the grace of god under the banner of the said order and to the intent that they may bestir themselves to the said war with yet greater fervor we do to each and all of those engaged in the said war by apostolic authority and by these letters grant full remission of all those sins of which they shall be truly penitent at heart and of which they have made confession by their mouth and whoever breaks contradicts or acts against the letter of this mandate let him lie under the curse of the almighty god and of the blessed apostles peter and paul and besides adds the chronicle rather quaintly of more temporal and material benefits the infant di pedro then regent of the kingdom gave to his brother henry a charter granting him the whole of the fifth of the profits which appertained to the king and considering that it was by him alone that the whole matter of the discovery was carried out at infinite trouble and expense he ordered further that no one should go to these parts without d henry's license and express command the chronicle which has told us how antum gonzalves made the first captives now goes on to say how the same one of the prince's captains made the first ransom for the captive chief that cavalier of whom we spoke henry's first prize from the lands beyond bojador pined away in europe and many times begged of antam gonzalves that he would take him back to his own land where as he said they would give for him five or six blackamoors and he said too that there were two boys among the other captives for whom they would get a like ransom so the infant sent him back with gonzalves to his own people as it was better to save ten souls than three for though they were black yet had they souls like others all the more as they were not of moorish race but heathen and so all the easier to lead into the way of salvation from the negroes too it would be possible to get news of the land beyond them for not only of the negro land did the infant wish to know more certainly but also of the indies and of the land of prester john so gonzalves sailed with his ransom and in his ship went a noble stranger like vearte the dane whom we shall meet later on one of a kind which was always being drawn to henry's court this was balthazar the austrian a gentleman of the emperor's household who had entered the infant's service to try his fortune at cueta where he had got his knighthood and who now was often heard to say that his great wish was to see a storm before he left that land of portugal that he might tell those who had never seen one what it was like and certainly his fortune favored him for at the first start they met with such a storm that it was by a marvel they escaped destruction again they put out to sea and this time reached the rio duro in safety where they landed their chief prisoner very well vested in the robes that the infant had ordered to be given him under promise that he would soon come back and bring his tribe with him but as soon as he got safely off 
he very soon forgot his promises which antam gonzalves had trusted thinking that his nobility would hold him fast and not let him break his word but by this deceit all our men got warning that they could not trust any of the natives save under the most certain security the ships now went twelve miles up the rio duro cast anchor and waited seven days without a sign of anybody but on the eighth there came a moor on top of a white camel with fully one hundred others who had all joined to ransom the two boys ten of the tribe were given in exchange for the young chiefs and the man who managed this barter was one martin fernandez the infant's own ransomer of captives who shewed well that he had knowledge of the moorish tongue for he was understood by those people whom nuno tristem's arab more though he was by nation could not possibly get speech with except only the one chief who had now escaped with the blackamoors antem gonzalves got as ransom what was even more precious a little gold dust the first ever brought by europeans direct from the guinea coast which more thoroughly won the prince's cause at home and brought over more enemies and scoffers and indifferentists to his side than all the discoveries in the world many ostrich eggs too were included in the native ransom such that one day men saw at the infant's table three dishes of the same as fresh and as good as those of any other domestic fowls did the court of sagras suppose the ostrich to be some large kind of hen what was still more to the prince's mind those same moors related that in those parts there were merchants who trafficked in that gold that was found there among them the same merchants in fact whose caravels henry had already known on the mediterranean coast and whose starting point he had now begun to touch ever since the days of the first caliphs this sahara commerce had gone on under the control of islam for centuries these caravans had crossed the valleys and plains to the south of morocco and sold their goods pepper slaves and gold dust in muslim quetta and muslim andalusia now after seven hundred years of monopoly this muslim trade was broken in upon by the europeans who in fifty years time broke into the greater monopoly of the indian seas when de gama sailed from lisbon to malabar fourteen ninety seven to fourteen ninety nine next year fourteen forty three came nuno tristam's turn once more people were now eager to sail in the infant's service after the slaves and still more the gold dust had been really seen and handled in portugal and that noble cavalier for each and all of the three reasons of his fellows to serve his lord to gain honor to increase his profit was eager to follow up his first successes commanding a caravel manned in great part from the prince's household he went out straight to cape blanco the white headland which he had been the first to reach in fourteen forty one passing twenty-five leagues seventy-five miles beyond into the bank or bight of arguin he saw a little island from which twenty-five canoes came off to meet him all hollowed out of logs of wood with a host of native savages naked not for swimming in the water but for their ancient custom 
the natives hung their legs over the sides of their boats and paddled with them like oars so that our men looking at them from a distance and quite unused to the sight thought they were birds that were skimming so over the water as for their size the sailors expected much greater marvels in those parts of the world where every map and traveller's tale made the sea swarm with monsters as big as a continent but as soon as they saw they were men then were their hearts full of a new pleasure for that they saw the chance of a capture they launched the ship's boat at once chased them to the shore and captured fourteen if the boat had been stronger the tale would have been longer for with a crew of seven they could not hold any more prisoners and so the rest escaped with this booty they sailed on to another island where they found an infinite number of herons of which they made good cheer and so returned nuno tristem very joyfully to the prince this last piece of discovery was of much more value than nuno thought he saw in it a first-rate slave hunting ground but it became the starting point for trade and intercourse with the negro states of the senegal and the gambia to the south and east it was here in the bay of arguin where the long desert coast of the sahara makes its last bend toward the rich country of the south that henry built in fourteen forty eight that fort which cadamosto found in the next ten years had become the centre of a great european commerce which was also among the first permanent settlements of the new christian exploration one of the first steps of modern colonization and now the volunteer movement had fairly begun where in the beginning says azurara people had murmured very loudly against the prince's enterprise each one grumbling as if the infant was spending some part of his property now when the way had been fairly opened and the fruits of those lands began to be seen in portugal in much greater abundance men began softly enough to praise what they had so loudly decried great and small alike had declared that no profit would ever come of these ventures but when the cargoes of slaves and gold began to arrive all were forced to turn their blame into flattery and to say that the infant was another alexander the great and as they saw the houses of others full of new servants from the new discovered lands and their property always increasing there were few who did not long to try their fortune in the same adventures the first great movement of the sort came after nuno's return at the end of fourteen forty three the men of lagos took advantage of henry's settlement so near to them in his town of sagres to ask for leave to sail at their own cost to the prince's coast of guinea for no one could go without his license one lanzarote a squire brought up in the infant's household an officer of the royal customs in the town of lagos and a man of great good sense was the spokesman of these merchant adventurers he won his grant very easily the infant was very glad of his request and bade him sail under the banner of the order of christ so that six caravels started in the spring of fourteen forty four on the first exploring voyage that we can call national since the prince had begun his work 
so as the beginning of general interest in the crusade of discovery which henry had now preached to his countrymen for thirty years as the beginning of the career of henry's chief captain the head of his merchant allies as the beginning in fact of a new and bright period this first voyage of lanzarote's this first armada sent out to find and to conquer the moors and blacks of the unknown or half-known south is worth more than a passing notice and this is not for its interest or importance in the story of discovery pure and simple but as a proof that the cause of discovery itself had become popular and as evidence that the cause of trade and of political ambition had become thoroughly identified with that of exploration the expansion of the european nations which had languished since the crusades had begun again what was more unfortunate from a modern standpoint the african slave trade as a part of european commerce begins here too it is useless to try to explain it away henry's own motives were not those of the slave driver it seems true enough that the captives when once brought home to spain were treated under his orders with all kindness his own wish seems to have been to use this man-hunting traffic as a means to christianize and civilize the native tribes to win over the whole by the education of a few prisoners but his captains did not always aim so high the actual seizure of the captives moors and negroes along the coast of guinea was as barbarous and as ruthless as most slave drivings there was hardly a capture made without violence and bloodshed a raid on a village a fire and sack and butchery was the usual course of things the order of the day and the natives whatever they might gain when fairly landed in europe did not give themselves up very readily to be taught as a rule they fought desperately and killed the men who had come to do them good whenever they had a chance the kidnapping which some of the spanish patriot writers seem to think of as simply an act of christian charity a corporal work of mercy was at the time a matter of profit and money returns negro bodies would sell well negro villages would yield plunder and like the killing of wild irish in the sixteenth century the prince's men took a blackmoor hunt as the best of sport it was hardly wonderful then that the later sailors of cadamosto's day fourteen fifty to fourteen sixty found all the coast up in arms against them and that so many fell victims to the deadly poisoned arrows of the senegal and the gambia every native believed as they told one of the portuguese captains in a parley that the explorers carried off their people to cook and eat them in most of the speeches that are given us in the chronicle of the time the masters encourage their men to these slave raids by saying first what glory they will get by a victory next what a profit can be made sure by a good haul of captives last what a generous reward the prince will give for people who can tell him about these lands sometimes after reprisals had begun the whole thing is an affair of vengeance and thus lanzarote in the great voyage of fourteen forty five coolly proposes to turn back at cape blanco without an attempt at discovery of any sort because the purpose of the voyage was now accomplished a village had been burnt 
a score of natives had been killed and twice as many taken revenge was satisfied it was only here and there that much was said about the prince's purpose of exploration of finding the western nile or prester john or the way round africa to india most of the sailors both men and officers seemed to know that this or something towards this is the will of their lord but it is very few who start for discovery only and still fewer who go straight on turning neither to right hand nor left till they have got well beyond the farthest of previous years and added some piece of new knowledge to the map of the known world out of the blank of the unknown what terrified ignorance had done before greed did now and the last hindrance was almost worse than the first so one might say impatiently looking at the great expense the energy and time and life spent on the voyages of this time and especially of the years fourteen forty four to fourteen forty eight more than forty ships sail out more than nine hundred captives are brought home and the new lands found are all discovered by three or four explorers national interest seems awakened to very little purpose but what explains the slow progress of discovery explains also the fact that any progress however slow was made at all apart from the personal action of henry himself without the mercantile interest the prince's death would have been the end and ruin of his schemes for many a year but for the hope of adventure and of profitable plunder and the certainty of reward but for the assurance so to say of such and such a revenue on the ventures of the time portuguese public opinion would not probably have been much ahead of other varieties of the same organ in deciding the abstract question to which the prince had given his life the mob of lisbon or of lagos would hardly have been quicker than modern mobs to rise to a notion above that of personal gain if the cause of discovery and an empire to come had been left to them the labor leaders might have said then in spain as some of them have said to-day in england what is all this talk about the empire what is it to us working men we don't want the empire we want more wages and so when the great leader was dead and the people were left to carry out his will his spiritual foresight of great scientific discoveries his ideas of conversion and civilization were not the things for the sake of which ordinary men were reconciled to his scheme and ready to finish his work if they thought or spoke or toiled for the finding of the way to india it was to find the gold and spices and jewels of an earthly paradise this is not fancy it is simply impossible to draw any other conclusion from the original accounts of these voyages in azurara's chronicle for azurara himself though one of henry's first converts a man who realized something of the grandeur of his master's schemes and their reach beyond a merely commercial ideal through discovery to empire yet preserves in the speeches and actions of captains and seamen alike proof enough of the thoroughly commonplace aims of most of the first discoverers on the other hand the strength of the movement lay of course in the few exceptions as long as all or nearly all the instruments employed were simply buccaneers with a single eye to trade profits discovery could not advance very fast or very far 
till the real meaning of the prince's life had impressed his nearest followers with something of his own spirit there could be no exploration except by accident though without this background of material gain no national interest could have been enlisted in exploration at all real progress in this case was by the slow increase of that inner circle which really shared henry's own ambition of that group of men who went out not to make bargains or do a little killing but to carry the flag of portugal and of christ farther than it had ever been planted before according to the will of the lord infant and as these men were called to the front and only as they were there at all was there any rapid advance if two sailors diego cam and bartholomew diaz could within four years in two voyages explore the whole southwest coast of africa from the equator to the cape of tempests or of good hope was it not absurd that the earlier caravels after bojador was once passed should hang so many years round the northwest shores of the sahara even some of the more genuine discoverers the most trusted of the prince's household men like gil ienes the first who saw the coasts beyond the terrible bojador or dinis diaz or antem gonzalves or nuno tristem as they came before us in azurara's chronicle are more like their men than their master he thought of the slaves they brought home with unspeakable pleasure as to the saving of their souls which but for him would have been for ever lost they thought a good deal more like the crowd that gathered at the slave market in lagos of the distribution of the captives and of the money they would get for each at those sales which azurara describes so vividly henry had the bearing of one who cared little for amassing plunder and was known once and again to give away his fifth of the spoil for his spoil was chiefly in the success of his great wishes but his suite seems to have been as keenly on the lookout for such favors as their lord was easy in bestowing them to return to lancerot's voyage for that the infant knew by certain moors that nuno tristem had carried off that in the isle of nar in the bay of arguin and in the parts thereabout were more than two hundred souls the six caravels began with a descent on that island five boats were launched and thirty men in them and they set off from the ships about sunset and rowing all that night we are told they came upon the time of dawn to the island that they sought and as day was breaking they got up to a moorish village close to the shore where were living all the people in the island at sight of this the boat's crews drew up and the leaders consulted whether to go on or turn back it was decided to attack thirty portugals ought to be a match for five or six times as many natives the sailors landed and rushed upon the villagers and saw the moors with their women and children coming out of their huts as fast as they could when they caught sight of their enemy and our men crying out st james st george portugal fell upon them killing and taking all they could there you might have seen mothers catch up their children husbands their wives each one trying to fly as best he could some plunged into the sea others thought to hide themselves in the corners of their hovels others hid their children underneath the shrubs that grew about there where our men found them 
and at last our lord god who gives to all a due reward to our men gave that day a victory over their enemies in recompense for all their toil in his service for they took what of men women and children one hundred and sixty-five without counting the slain then finding from the captives that there were other well-peopled islands near at hand they raided these for more prisoners in their next descent they could not catch any men but of women and little boys not yet able to run they seized seventeen or eighteen soon after this they did meet the mormon bold who were drawing together on all sides to defend themselves a great power of three hundred savages chased another raiding party to their boats that the whole expedition had no thought of discovery was plain enough from the fact that lancerote did not try to go beyond the white cape blanco which had been already passed several times but turned back directly he found the hunting grounds becoming deserted and a descent producing no prize except one girl who had chosen to go to sleep when the rest of the people fled up country at the first sight of the christian boats the voyage was a slave chase from first to last and two hundred and thirty-five blacks were the result their landing and their sail at lagos was a day of great excitement a long-remembered eighth of august very early in the morning because of the heat of the later day the sailors began to land their captives who as they were placed all together in the field by the landing-place were indeed a wonderful sight for among them there were some that were almost white of beautiful form and face others were darker and others again as black as moles and so hideous alike in face and body that they looked to any one who saw them the very images of a lower hemisphere End of chapter twelve part one